Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcaster who uh, is uh, trying to think of something to say. And then I realize, hey, you're my patrons. You're supporting the show. You're already here for me and I'm here for you. What a great, what a great way to do it. Uh, thanks, patrons. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's the thoughts, the feelings physical sensations, changes in time or temperature or routine. You know, whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of that. I get, you know, that's what I mean. I got the safe place here for you. Or at night, you know, it might not be something. You should say, just like this happens to me, I say, Gee, I don't know what's up. I just can't, you, know, you get a bit baffled, or at least I do. Uh, but whatever's keeping, you know, whatever the situation is, I'm here. And I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. I'm going to go off, believe me, I'm going to go off topic. And like a meander, so did I say rusty rusty meanders? Uh, That was one of my main, I don't know why I associate the word rusty meanders with overalls. And maybe we could come back to that, because I used to say Oshkosh Bagash a lot in this uh, podcast. Uh, so maybe we could figure out a way to go back to that and say, return to our, you see, Scoots is returning, he's got his podcast returning to its roots. Uh, you know, he's right there, right around 800 episodes or so. And he said he's bringing his podcast back to its roots. Uh and they say, okay, so what, like a kid that can't fall asleep? No. Uh, uh, like a bit grounded in uh, care and empathy? Well, kind, no, but kind of. I mean, that's part of the podcast still. No, he's going to be saying Oshkosh Bagash more and Holy Mackerel and a couple other ones. You know, his it's not his catchphrases. It's catchphrases he uh he re-meanders. Okay, but if you're new, let me take a second. Hey, good, glad you're here. And I'm glad, like, I really am glad you're here. And I will tell you, you know, let's see how this goes, okay? Because it does, this podcast doesn't work for everybody. And I hope it can help you. So that's why I want to take a second to time out here. Or if you're a regular listener, hey, welcome back. Uh, but this podcast, most regular listeners listen to it two or three tri- times before they became a regular listener, which I guess is a paradox in itself. But they said, well, okay, this podcast is a little bit different. First time I was trying to make sense of it. The second time I was a bit baffled. And the third time I realized, oh, okay, I don't, I don't get it. So I do get it. So if you're new, all I ask is you see how it goes. Uh, but there's no pressure on, on my end other than that. I mean, I'd like to help you. I'd like to keep you company as you fall asleep. But let's just see how it goes. A couple other things I want you to know. Uh, structurally, what you expect. show starts off with business, which you heard. This is more important for the regular listeners and the, like, super users that listen to a bunch of episodes because that's what keeps the podcast free for everybody. 
Then there's an intro. Uh, then there's some business. Then there'll be the story, which tonight will be our episodically modular series, uh, Big Farm in the Sky P.I., uh, then there's some thank yous at the end of the show. So that's just structurally what to expect. Let me talk a little bit about the intro, though, because sometimes this uh, people say, when's the bedtime story start? And I could tell you if you're looking for that, it starts around 18 to 20 minutes or so into the show because we have an intro that's right, like right around 14 to 12 to 16 to 18 minutes where I try to kind of explain what the podcast is. But more, uh, I don't know, establish... Uh, a baseline of nonsense and senselessness uh, and fr- friendly nonsense. And, and like, uh, I don't know. I try to explain what the podcast is and I realize I find the podcast baffling. Also I'll overuse words that I like. And the main thing, the way the intro kind of developed was a sensible thing of like, uh, for most people, they, they fall asleep. Like they, they want to, you need a wind down routine, right? You got to ease yourself into bedtime. You know, we've talked, I don't know, it's been a while since I've said Oshkosh Bagash or, you know, pontificated on shoehorns. It has been a while. Also, it's been a while. It's been a, this existence, this stage of my existence, I've never owned a shoehorn. I've used some, I've held some, and I don't really need a shoehorn because it'd just be one more thing. But you don't really, you can't, sh- well, I guess my thing is you can't shoehorn Here's a here's a, a generational thing. Maybe I was like like at the the post, like my father had a shoehorn. My mother, would, what if that was the shoehorn story? My or shoehorn leghorn. I think that's the last time, like hundreds of episodes ago. May, or you say Scoots has last week when you're talking about shoehorn leghorn. Yeah, that was the shoehorn. That's a children's book I'll write one day. My father was a shoehorn. My mother was a leghorn. And it's or maybe shoehorn foghorn. I like that better because there was like a what was it something foghorn leghorn wasn't that the name of the giant um a chicken and the Bugs Bunny cartoons? I guess it doesn't make sense. Oh no, that was the first name. Shoehorn leghorn though would be or shoehorn foghorn, shoehorn be foghorn. The shoehorn that was a foghorn. Maybe, I, okay, so this is one of the meanders that goes on in the intro where I try to explain what the show is. And shoehorn beef foghorn, I can't get enough of that. Uh, it also, like, you know, the, your mouth when you say, go ahead and say it with me. Shoehorn beef foghorn. Shoehorn beef leghorn. Isn't it almost sound like when you're chew, like when you say the word chew, like you're chewing? Or chew, chew, chew. I guess because shoe and chew do rhyme. I, I didn't realize that. I'm not kidding. This is where it's unintentionally funny. Until I said it, I didn't realize that shoe and chew rhymed. Another part of my brain that isn't linked to my rhyming brain said, huh, that feels the same in my mouth. It's shoe and chew. Wonder why. And that's why I'm cut out to make this podcast. So... The intro just is lets people ease into bedtime, and then some people fall asleep during the intro. Some people fall asleep after the intro. Uh, some people fall asleep, uh, like some people skip the intro. Some people listen to the whole show. It, like So whatever works for you, you'll find out. And it, or there's uh, people that use the show in different ways all the time. 
you know, some people that don't fall asleep during the, the show, they, they fall back asleep. They don't start listening until they wake up. Uh, so you just see how it goes. I guess that's my main thing. Oh, but the intro, I guess my main thing is to ease your in- intro. Like, cause some people expect the intro to be concise or make sense. And I just wanted to, I guess it's a little late for that. But I kind of did an example. Uh, that's also how the intro works. Unintentionally, I'm showing off my style, my foghorn bee shoehorn style. So, okay, so that's the intro. Then tonight will be a store, then the story, which is our episodically modular series you could listen to in any order. This just happens to be the, the, the season closing episode before we do a season recap episode. But like I said, you could listen to it in any order. There's a big catch up at the start, so we'll get you caught up. Uh, so this is a structure show. No pressure to listen. This, this is the one podcast, uh, like I said, where you kind of discover how it works best for you. Or, you know, the great thing about all the people that helped keep the show free uh, by, you know, doing stuff, going out of their way to do that is that there's all these different style episodes. So some people say, well, that's uh, the style I prefer. So I'll just listen to those ones. Uh, some people listen to every episode. Some people kind of pick and choose and create apps and uh, create like a playlist in their apps and stuff. So just see how it goes. Uh, no pressure to listen. Here's the other thing. There's no pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here for an hour to keep you company. And if you need it, you could run 8, 10, 12 episodes in a row. So, you know, I'm here uh, to, to help ease you off into bedtime. So there's no pressure to listen, no pressure to fall asleep. I mean, I do believe, the reason I make a show is because I believe you do deserve a good night's sleep. And I know it's not easy. And I'd like to be here uh, and, and, and just keep you company uh, as I can. You say, well, I make the show just as much for the people that can't sleep as the people who fall asleep in four, four, first four or five minutes. So, uh, yeah, so that's the kind of structure show. That's the things to know. I, I did say I was going to talk about Oshkosh Bagash, but then by Oshkosh and Bagash, I got distracted by old shoehorn, leghorn, foghorn, the third or something and went off topic. So maybe we'll go back to Ash. That, that was just like a, I don't know. It's a nice word. I, I know it's probably, I guess, it, hmm, I, I don't, did I research this in the early days? Uh, was Oshkosh Bagash a thing before it was a brand or was it, has it always just been a brand? I don't know if I've ever owned Do they make adult clothes? I'm going to have to look that up later. I think, oh, because I was thinking of meanders, and then I was thinking of, uh, when I say rusty meanders, I think of overalls. And then when I think of overalls, I immediately think of Oshkosh Bagash. I think they only made kids' overalls, maybe just in the 80s, and I didn't own any. I think, so I had six kids in my family. I think there was one pair of green Oshkosh jeans or something, like that were secondhand from one of my cousins, uh, in our home, but I, I was already over outgrown them or they like arrived at my home. Cause I have so many cousins that it was like, uh, what do you call that? Secondhand, you know, you call it when you, uh, so there's a lot of clothing exchange. It was just a great being a part of a big family is, uh, you'd say, man, where, who like, uh, but so uh, I don't know, maybe I'll get some ash. I'm not like an overalls person. Uh, but just because, it, like, uh, I need less clothes. Like I said, okay, well, I don't need, I don't need, you know, if I have a denim shirt, uh, you know, it's fine. But I don't really need any denim above the waist majority of the time. 
but I, I could be wrong. I mean, you could say, Scooch, you just wear a shirt. You know, you could do it just like they do, like when you ha- you put the you put that uh, piece of wheat in your mouth, uh, the full uh, Huck Finn or Tom Sawyer or whatever. And you say, okay, then I fold it up in my bare feet, right? No shirt, bare feet, just my Oshkosh bagashes. And I'd say, hmm, well, a couple of things. You know, I do a lot of running, so I know, like, my upper body, there's a certain parts that gets chafed. Uh, and that's with, like, cotton, like, like other materials. So denim, I'd worry about that. And two, I just don't know. I mean, I can see that there'd be airflow. I mean, the cool thing would be that I would have somewhere to put my hands, uh, like holding my lapels or whatever you call those things in my uh, stirrup. What do they call those? Straps? I don't know. So anyway, I think you got a good idea if you're new of me going off topic a few times. Uh, ideally, and I don't want to be overconfident by saying, well, if a podcast is going to work for you, maybe you forgot about it. Uh, took your mind off stuff. Uh, and that's a goal here. I'm really glad you came by. I'm really glad you came back, uh, those of you. I mean, thanks so much. I'm, I'm, it's great to see you. Great to be here in your ears. Uh, I really appreciate your time. So see how it goes if you're new. Give it a few tries if you if you wish. Uh, but I'm glad you're here. I really work hard. I yearn and I strive to help you fall asleep. Uh, and here's a couple of ways, really, if you're here listening, you can find all this at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash sponsors tomorrow. Uh, but these partners coming up here, these are what keep the show free and help us keep the show going. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of our uh, episodically modular uh, serials. Not, well, I guess somewhat serialized series, uh, because this is the last episode, uh, except for the re- except for the recap episode. Of our uh, episodically modular series, uh, Big Farm in the Sky PI, uh, season two. Uh, what was once called the Phantom Minnow season, but uh, uh, maybe that, like, so th- what, if you're new or you never heard one of these uh, episodes before, you might say, Hold on, Scoots. Uh, I didn't hear the first episode. Or hold on, Scoots. I listened to episode three, and this is episode twelve. Um, so let me let me put you at ease, because that's what my job really is here. So you could listen to these in any order. That's what episodically modular means. It, I mean, I, I don't know. I just like the way modular sounds because well, you can modular. You know that you move. The, you, know, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I'm also going to catch you up on everything here. So Big Farm in the Sky PI season two is a season two of season one, which is called Big Farm in the Sky P.I., the tale of Simon, Uncle Simon, at G and D.K. Uncle Simon was a uh, earthly resident, just like all of us, who passed on to live life uh, in the Big Farm in the Sky, uh, like a second stage of existence. I mean, well, I guess second stage is a little presumptuous, another stage of existence. And in that stage of existence, it wasn't like anything I'm familiar with from my, uh, like things I've been exposed to. Because it wasn't all good, it wasn't all bad, and it wasn't all neutral. Uh, the big farm in the sky is just kind of like a different stage of existence. And it kind of is a place you could get a new start. And it's a new start for Uncle Simon. He decided he would be a PI, a private investigator, you know, helping solve mysteries. 
And also, one thing to know about Simon is Simon had, and I say HAD, because currently we'll catch you up, uh, the ability to visit Earth, uh, particularly to communicate uh, with his niece and her best friend, that's G and DK, and keep in touch with them. So that was uh, um, not everybody, very, very minuscule amount of people that travel to the big farm can come back to Earth and visit. Uh, or even communicate with Earth. Uh, so that was season one. Was uh, Simon was up in the big farm in the sky P- solving cases, and he would uh, check in with G and DK, and they would help him. Uh, so that was pr- pretty much season one. Season two uh, takes place mostly in Florida, on Earth as we know it, in the um, great retirement community known as the Towns, that's T-O-W-N-E-S's, uh, one of the largest communities where uh, DK's Aunt Penny lives. And G and DK, they're in middle school. They took some time off of middle school to do an independent study program running a business in the towns, uh, very similar to Uncle Simon, solving mysteries kind of, and cleaning out garages. And they they were doing they were doing that as part of like for a first semester. I don't know. They talked their school into it and their school agreed. And so season two has been Simon helping G and DK solve cases here on Earth. Uh, but because this is the last episode, a couple of things happened. G and DK stopped solving cases in the last episode as the semester was coming to a close. And you can listen to that episode. And that's super important. That's the detail really you need to know, you know, because they got to go back home at some point. Uh, but at the same time, Simon had lost his ability to keep in touch with them and return to Earth. Uh, and it, so Simon is now just in the big farm uh, in this last episode. Just a minor detail, but again, you, could, you don't need to... How did it happen? Kind of mysterious. I mean, a lot of stuff in the big farm. You know, I'm still Earthbound. I'm an Earthbound human. That's what they call us, I think, out there. It's interesting, though, because that's what people call from outer space calls, too, But because we're Earthbound. Um so I don't understand all the mysteries that encompass the big farm in the sky, you know, because the whole idea was a mystery. Like I said, like, was, is a big farm, because these are common questions. Scoots, is a big farm in the sky, purgatory, limbo, uh, you know, the good place or the, the hot, double hockey stick place? And it's as far as I can tell, it's none of those. And you say, okay, is it re- reincarnate? No. No, because Simon still has full consciousness. You know, my, my ego must be in charge of that story. Because you say, well, I, like, what belief system can I retain my consciousness? Because that's, uh, that's what I'll go for. So it's none of those. It's just another stage of existence. I think I was trying to answer another question. I forgot what it was. Uh, but so, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Like, so Simon's up there. Simon, of course, misses G and DK. G and DK miss Simon. And let's get to the story. Also, we have a celebrity uh, set of person who just drove straight from Los Angeles. Even though I told him you could stay at the Motel 6 in Lost Hills, that's my favorite Motel 6, shout out. Uh, uh, at least for me, that's only my opinion, though. And I told him I'd pay, to, to like, I'd give him a $25 credit towards a room, which is around 50 bucks or so. But he said he preferred to drive straight here. Uh, Mr. Antonio Banderas, as the ladies, as the gentlemen, as the boys, the girls, the friends beyond the binary.
East time. Let's crack this case. East time for Big Farm in the Sky. P.I. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks, Antonio. So, so how's the drive up? Um, it, I think it would be impolite for me to say it was exhausting. Oh, well, why don't you, here, why don't you lie right in my bed, which is, you know, I have that new hybrid mattress from Casper. Not a, not to put a, a sponsor plug in, but I love it. Uh, why don't you lie there and just listen to the podcast and take a nap? Uh, yeah, just, you, cause you, you, you just, you, you know, we've trained you to sleep so quietly while I record. And then maybe, uh, we could play some Munchkin, or I'd just let you sleep. Maybe I could drive you back to Los Angeles as a thank you. Uh, my friend, I, I'm, I'm, I was, I'm taking the weekend to hang with you. We're going to, I thought we were going to go uh, uh, do some things. Oh, yeah, I forgot we're hanging this weekend. But yeah, go ahead and take a nap in my bed. And, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, listen to the podcast just like a listener. Oh, my friends, my friends, I'm talking, Scooter, I'm talking to the listeners now. I get to be just like you. Well, those of you that go to the live show, mixed with those of you that listen to the podcast, uh, good night. Uh, good night. That's Antonio Banderas, everybody. It helped my pacing and quietness to know he's right in the other. Oh, he's lying down. I can't raise my voice, but I would have told him shoes off. Uh, now he's kicking his shoes off. Uh, and you get, you know, fully clothed in my, you know, in my bed, you know, it's fully clothed on top of the comforters. He knows the rules. Uh, so, uh, thanks everybody. Time for big farm in the sky PI. Uh, Hey Diane, it's me, Simon, Simon here. Uh, just checking in, uh, to update you and some stuff, Diane. I'm, I'm in the middle of an adventure, and I wanted to take a moment and stop and process things by talking to you. And also, so, you know, so you're updated and everything. So thank you, Diane. I've been trying to figure out how to get back to Earth and G and DK uh, because uh, it just uh, is an ongoing issue, me getting back there. And also, I was trying to figure out, uh, you know, because as I said, Diane, you know, time passes differently here in the big farm. And I know not everybody knows that. Even you, even as wise as you are, Diane, you're probably, well, that's, uh, so so I said to myself, Simon, you kind of got to crack your own case, even though you don't know what it is. Uh, I have to crack the case of getting back to Earth and G, G and DK. Or uh, maybe uh, come to some acceptance that I won't be able to go back there. You know, because one part of me, Diane, says, well, who are you to be able to go into a new stage of existence and then go back to Earth? Uh, you're having your cake and then you're visiting it. You know, you're going to the ice cream shop and eating, you know, that that's uh, might not be fair. Not everybody else gets to do that, Simon. Maybe you had some time with GK. So I, I, I'm not ready to accept that, Diane. So I said, well, if I start investigating things, uh, then maybe I'll just be distracted and maybe I'll figure things out. Maybe I'll come to some acceptance. You know, maybe just like, you know, th- there is a healthy M-O-U-R-I-N-G going. Maybe that's part of it. Uh, I mean, even if it's just my connection with Earth, maybe they said, well, we got to ease this guy in. Simon's... Uh, 
We can't give him the full big farm, so we'll keep him in touch with Earth for a while. It could be their strategy, Diane. Yeah, whatever strategy, my strategy was to look into things. Because they said, again, this is stuff with the silent founder and the karmic points and the whole heavenly solutions business uh, is still kind of vague to me. But all of that cropped up uh, at the same time. So I headed to the HQ, the, the big campus built around my home. And I thought I, I would uh, look for solutions there at, at Heavenly Solutions, you know, business that we repurposed and reinvented, even though there was the founder there and who hired me and put me to work on investigating karmic points. Uh, I said, okay, let's start here. So then I tried to look. I said, well, where in a giant, uh, like, tech campus would I get started? If I was like, I said, okay, there's an office. I looked through the office. I said, maybe there's like a secret panels or something, but there wasn't anything like that. Uh, but I felt like, you know, sometimes that Diane, you know, and maybe this is just a, something I've developed uh, over this time being Big Farm in the Sky PI and wanting to become the Phantom Minnow and then becoming the Big Farm in the Sky PI in Florida, the assistant to the real Big Farm, you know, the real PIs, G and DK. Uh, what was I going to say? So then I learned a new skill. Oh, well, trust your gut. And my gut said that this headquarters uh, was the right place. So I said, well, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, I said, okay, if your gut says be here, let's be here, Simon. Come on, let's start walking around. And, you know, just like taking a shower, going for a walk, uh, here's a chance for me to just walk, because it's just a giant uh, oval, uh, so I could walk in, in its multiple floors, uh, and you could go. I could go in two directions, so I could pretty much walk uh, for infinity or whatever, eternity. Uh, not that it was my plan, but... Uh, so I started walking through campus, and, you know, we it was a little bit busier because... Uh, of, you know, there's, we reinvented that business, G, G and DK and I. Uh, so there was like walking and then activities. People would be saying, hey, we're about to have a shuffleboard tournament, Simon. Why don't you join us? Uh, and I would have to debate sometimes, depending. I said, shuffleboard, okay, because I said, that's also a good thing. Uh, but other things, they'd say, well, I'm kind of trying to go. I'm, I'm walking and thinking or trying not to think and then thinking and then walking. Uh, because I'm trying, like, and they said, well, can we help? And I said, well, maybe. I'm trying to get back to Earth. Uh, and they said, isn't everybody? Because, you know, it's a pretty common thing up here. Or aren't we all? Or And, I, you know, Diane, that made me appreciate it more. He said, well, everybody here would like to go back and see their, G, you know, their version of G&DK. Or go to their favorite spot or those kind of things. Uh, but I don't know. I said I thought I was looking for something specific. And they said, well, let's go low. So then I started going on lower levels uh, and walking around. And I said, don't worry, Simon. Stick with it. And then a few times, this is where things start to happen, Diane. And it's weird that it's in a, a giant oval. But I started to hear this, like... Uh, a, a, like a whirring noise, not a, not a piercing whirring. Uh, whirring is like a W-U-R-R-I-N-G, maybe, Diane. 
instead of W-O-O. You know, I was trying not to W-O-R-R-Y-I-N-G. So I heard it, and I said, "Was well, it the air conditioning? I said, oh, no, Simon, we don't have, like, uh, you know, it's, uh, the, like, there's one thing, climate, con- climate controlled up here uh, most of the time. So I said, no. And it, like, I was like, who's hearing this whirring? Uh, so I kept paying attention to it, and and then I then I started trying to find it, uh, and I was looking I was looking in the wrong place, Diane, because finally, I, I I stopped and out of the corner of my now, Diane, I don't know if you've seen the movies Star Wars. I think this was probably in the first Star Wars or the second one, and it might have been in the Rogue One. Uh, but there's like these little droids. They're a bit like remote control cars. They have four wheels and they're they're a little bit taller than a human ankle, and they ride around like a remote control car. Now a lot of them make it, in the movie. They made these pleasant noises, and I'm not sure. I never dug into it whether it was like, hey, this is message delivery or parts delivery or what they were really doing. Uh, but the Star Wars is a big thing. Even up here in the big farm in the sky, people bring their fandom with them. And there's been a lot of interesting experiments and things tested. You know, people are fans of stuff. And in the big farm, you reinvent. You say, well, let's try to make a TARDIS. You know, that's the kind of stuff that goes on here. Especially at Heavenly Solutions since GDK and I kind of took over. So while I was surprised to see this droid, I wasn't surprised. Uh, but what I was surprised about, but I guess I wasn't surprised either because this is kind of a gimmick from the movie, is uh, as soon as I noticed it, it noticed me noticing it, and it paused. And then it did uh, not a reverse, but where it rolled towards me backwards at a 45-degree angle and then changed the direction. Uh, but it like did it in a jerky way with pauses, like it was processing and buffering or something. And it was doing, it did, whoever made it, which I was thinking it was, it was making that, like, like almost like it's singing to itself, uh, itself, Diane, in a pleasant way. And I said, well, Simon, why not follow this droid? Uh, because, we're, you know, we're still walking around. And it tried to go uh, make a right-hand turn, essentially, in a ovular building. So that's interesting. But, you know, the, there's the hallway. So there are right angles within, the, you know, just because a building's oval-shaped, it doesn't mean it can't have right angles. It just means whoever designed, you know. So it went into a right angle and it went into another hallway, and then I was following it along. And it, I think it knew I was following it, but I was walking at a different pace. And eventually it revealed something to me, Diane. We went and went down this ramp, uh, that was behind some stuff. And then the next thing you know, it went into this vast uh, cave uh, uh, with rocks and the whole nine yards. And it, when I went in the cave, I mean, it was big, like a tunnel, more of a tunnel than a cave. You're right, Diane. Uh, I paused because I said, wait a second, what would G and DK? I said, well, go, let's go back to the process, Simon. And as I paused, uh, I said, okay, wh- okay, who, wh- I tried to go through, and I said, okay, wh- where are we going? And then I noticed the droid w- just at the edge of my eyesight, uh, 
as the cave kind of bent down and to the left, uh, or the tunnel, uh, the droid was waiting for me. And I said, okay, so what are our options here, Simon? What would G, in this case, what would G and DK say are our options? One, wait, uh, which we're doing now, or pause. We could follow the droid. We could go back the way we came. We could check the walls of the tunnel, which I did. And they say, okay, we can't go through the walls. Uh, any other places we could go? No. So we could go forward, backward, or nowhere. And I said, okay, let's wait a little while. And the droid waited. A couple of times when it noticed me looking at it, it rocked back and forth on its wheels. And I said, okay, what else is... Uh... I said, I don't know. And I said, okay, I guess let's move forward. Let's keep... I said, are you waiting for me? And then it started moving forward. And I said, okay, it wants me to follow it or... It's leading me or something. So I was leading it. Uh, it was leading me, Diane, and I was following it. And the next thing you know, of course, the cave or the tunnel opens up into a whole no- like Well, we don't know that it's a whole nother world. Uh, because I was thinking about this. I said, well, it's probably not a whole nother world. It just exited somewhere I was unaware of. Assuming where the big farm in the sky is like, a, you know, its own Let's just pretend it's a planet at this point, Diane. Even though I'm not saying it's a planet, I'm just saying for this analogy, we exited because it was a different environment. There was uh, purple trees and pink grass and then sandy hills, like kind of like you'd see. But there was multi, like sand sculpture type, uh, but clearly sandy hill, like sand dunes, uh, and there's a path kind of going through it, and the droid's kind of going through the path. Uh, and I said, okay, um, we're in a different place, uh, and I'm still following the droid, not sure where I'm going. And then eventually uh, we started going, like I said, I said, okay, let's just keep following the droid. But I was kind of like also taking in the environment. And then we would pass, we passed like this pond, a bit like a koi pond, but it was kind of like a neon green color, but not in a way that I said, oh boy. I said, huh, interesting. And I paused to look in it, and I noticed, now I don't know if this is my imagination or not, Diane, but I could see G, G and DK, like in a circle, uh, packing up their stuff, clearly at Penny's Aunt Penny's house. And of course, I was very, I didn't realize what it was. I, I just started talking to them, and they paused and kind of looked around, but they like were looking at me, but they didn't acknowledge like they could see me, but maybe they could hear my voice. Uh, but then I noticed the circle was slowly shrinking, and eventually, like it closed up. And I said, "Huh." And then we walked for. I, I followed the droid for a while longer, and it happened again. Uh, and this time, G and DK were eating at the Crocs restaurant with Aunt Penny, probably their goodbye meal. And it was constant, and I said, you know, uh, have a crack, you know, uh, like it was shrinking. Uh, And I said, wait a second, it's shrinking at the same pace the last one was shrinking at. And then I thought to myself, okay, like I thought, I tried to think like G and DK. And I said, huh, what's what's like uh, causing the shrinking? Is it time? Is it something? And then the next time I got to water, 
I watched out of the corner of my eye the droid, and as the droid was going away, Diane, also the uh, the um, the thing was shrinking, a portal or whatever, the view of them. So the further away the droid got, uh, G and DK got, got smaller, and I said, okay, these two things, you know, might have been cor- correlation error, might not have been. But I said, this droid is involved in some way or something. And I said, okay, what should we do now? And and then I tried to catch up to the droid fully. And the droid maintained a speed. Not that I said, okay, that's not, I'm not going to catch up with the droid. It just it was very efficient. You know, it could just go always at the same speed as me to maintain a distance. So then I, you know, I kept having to pause to catch my breath, uh, and do the same experiment at other water points. And we're going, again, going through now instead of dunes. It was just different, nice environments. It was very nice, a very nice walk. Uh, but I said to myself, okay, Simon, when you stop, the, the droid stops. So uh, what should we do now? And I said, well, catch the droid, I guess. Uh, so then what I started doing is I would pause uh and then I would kind of walk backwards a little bit. Uh, it, I was pausing at places where there was a little bit of a rise so the droid couldn't see me. Like I could get just back enough. Uh, and then I would run around out into the, like, uh, well, at this point it was more fields with these, like, palm trees. Maybe they are palm trees. They were metallic color. And I would run around the palm tree and I would find something to throw in the road that the droid was eventually going to be in. And then I would sneak back and we would go. And then I, like the, the droid would still be waiting for me. And then I would go and then watch the droid kind of, it was mostly like palm fronds. It's not really a great way to st- slow down a droid because it would go around them. So I said, okay, okay. So I kept doing that. And eventually we got to this forest, uh, and so there was a lot more, like, uh, trees and, old, again, even though there's different colors and different textures and different smells, I think I even caught, like, vanilla cotton candy or something in the air. It was a very, very similar to a forest. So it was using the same strategy and, like, trying to actually slow the droid down a little bit. So I acted like I was... And then the forest made it easier for me to kind of sneak off the trail because there was more trees for me to hide behind. And eventually I found some big branches. So I said, okay, Simon, we're going to get these branches. We were going to block the path of the droid. Uh, but I had to find all these branches. I had gone off pretty far off the trail... And I guess it's a little bit embarrassing, Diane, because you say how, like, sometimes these woods can be tricky. I couldn't find my way back to the path. And then then as I tried more, you know, I'm carrying these branches, I'm listening for the droid humming to itself. You know, I'm turning, because I guess what happened was, like, when I first thought I was right-headed back to the trail, it took too long. So then I did one of those things where you, like, step with your right foot to the right, then you step with your left foot to the left, then you spin 30 degrees, then you step forward, then you spin 10, 15 more degrees to the right or clockwise, then you you like, uh, you spin 80 degrees to the right clockwise, then you step again, then you look up and down, then 45 degrees counterclockwise. Uh, These are just estimates, Diane. Then you like, uh, 
Then you drop the branches. Uh, then you walk at four to 50 paces. Then you step back. So I couldn't find, like, I think I, what happened in that situation, Diane, was uh, it got more lost. Then it was a listening. Now, this is a common thing, I think, but maybe not, is when you, like, so you're in a forest, and it's you got your forest sounds, and you also, it's undertoned by, like, a, not silence, but almost like white noise, Dan. You know, you have the wind. You have, like, what you're sure you say is that sound or lack of sound. Uh, just like they say, and it makes a sound. If a, if a tree falls in the forest, it, it makes a sound. So I was listening for the droid singing to itself. But, it, again, because your ear was already hearing it, you're, you're like, am I hearing that in my imagination or at a far distance? Uh or is it some birds chirping? Because, again, this is the big farm. Uh, so they kept getting, I think I got fur, like further and further from the path uh, to eventually where I became to, to the edge of a, the edge of the trees in an overlook where we're on like a, I don't know, we're on like a valley. or, or Like below me wasn't a valley, like it wasn't a CLIFF, uh, but it was uh, like it was high up and then because I could like slide down, which eventually let me I'm getting ahead of myself. So I said, I don't know. I lost like at first I had to sit down for a while because they said I lost the droid. And by lo- looking for it, uh, I guess at the time, Diane, looking back at it, I, I, I guess I had a 50 percent chance of finding it, even though because we're at the edge of this uh this part of the forest, but I didn't think that at the time. I said, oh, no, Simon, you lost a droid. It's connected to G and DK somehow. And I felt a little down. And then, you know, just missing G and DK. And then I said, but then the voice of G, you know, G and DK have taught me about a lot about self-talk, being in the moment and looking at the moment, uh, is kind of the underpinnings of their one of their investigative strategies that I've learned from them. So I said, okay, Simon, where are you? And I said, I don't know. And I said, what can you see? I was listening to G&DK saying this, and I said, uh, I guess this, I'm not sure, is this a valley or a field or a meadow, but it was pretty far. I was fairly high up uh, because I had a view. And in this case, the sun was setting. Oh boy, this sun! It was a, it was an iridescent sun, uh, but it w- well, it wasn't setting. It was like at a, a, I don't know, like before where you where you still like it's supper time or something. And I noticed down in the field or wherever the meadow, far off, what looked like a giant table. And people sitting at a table, and I said, is this my imagination? And then I saw, like, smoke, uh, like they were cooking something. And then I saw it. I heard chatter. I thought maybe, and I said, well, that's at least somebody to talk to if that's real. Like, let's go there and uh, ask for help, ask about this droid. And so I slid down and climbed down this hill or like uh, whatever, like this, like uh, I got down to the next level where the valley or the field was. And then I walked across quite a distance, you know, but uh, it was getting closer and closer. 
And then there was all these people eating, and I actually knew some of the people. Like, uh, they were people I'd met, no one I actually worked for, but people I'd met during my travels in the big farm. And they say, hey, you're a big farm in the Sky P.I., join us. Uh, and they had me down, and they said, yeah, we're just having it. This is beautiful out here, isn't it? And I said, yeah, I'm kind of lost, actually. And they said, oh, okay, like, uh, yeah, these are actually the Lost Hills. Uh, it's kind of a fun place to get lost in. Don't worry, you'll find your way. They're like, this area is for people that like getting lost. Uh, like that podcast guy, he loves us. Uh, and I said, oh, okay. And I said, but I'm found now. And they said, oh, yeah, this is where you always, like this table, it, it, this is like the picnic area. And when you could see it, you go here, and then you have a picnic with other people that are like, uh, and they said, are all of you just lost, uh, and you just came here? And they said, well, yeah, we all just met over the past, like, hour or two. We've been enjoying some lemonade, and we're grilling up some food. But every single person, Diane, was someone I had come in contact with before. Now, I don't know the exact population of the big farm in the sky, so I did say to myself, Simon, don't overblow things. But my gut said, that's strange. Uh, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it at the time, Diane. Now talking it out, it makes it sounds like, oh, Simon, hello. And then I told them about the droid, and I guess this didn't work out so great because like, it started people talking about Star Wars and people offering their opinion about Star Wars. It started people talking about, like, I couldn't get to, like, that, uh, he needed to find this droid or what mysterious, like, what, what the mystery was, because everybody had their own opinions on workplaces with droids, uh, droids, Star Wars, new Star Wars, old Star Wars, uh, science fiction. And it was a, a picnic, so it wasn't really a brainstorming session. And then as the sun got lower, everybody said, okay, like, let's, uh, you know, let's pack it up. Uh, and I said, well, how do we, if this is the Lost Hills, like, how do we find our way where? And they said, oh, you haven't been here before. Good thing. Like, you're supposed to find us, I guess, because we've all been here before. And they said, okay, what you do is you, we all hold hands uh, and around the table, we make it form a big circle holding hands. And we do a ring around the rosy, and uh, we, we do that whole thing. And then when you uh, do the fall-down part, uh, when you stand back up, you stand exactly opposite, face, facing the outside of the circle. And then you just walk straight from wherever you are, were, wherever you were in the circle. And you'll go, like, where you're supposed to go. Like, you're supposed to be back at your house. So, you, you know, sooner or later you'll know where you're going. And I said, good thing. And they said, well, that's how it works. So don't worry. You would have. And I said, okay, well, this is an interesting mechanism of the Lost Hills. Uh, so we did that. We got in the circle. We did the ring around the rosy and the other words, you know. And I fell down. And then I stood up and I faced out. Uh, and I started walking, and, you know, this is a big farm, so it wasn't totally mind-blowing that uh, I would walk in one direction and very, so very soon lose track of everyone else. But that happened, you know. And eventually, like, the moon came out. It was a full moon, uh, regular, very similar to regular Earth moon, Diane, probably bigger. 
and I saw these big hedges, like the entrance to a maze. Uh, and I, at this point, I was like, oh, well, I got to say yes, right, Diane? So I just walked into the maze, uh, and I said, like, uh, okay, this is, and, I, and then I was in this maze, and I was trying to find my way. Yeah, I was a little bit frustrated. So, again, a couple of times I stopped inside and stuff. And I said, well, I was already in some sort of non-maze maze the whole day. And I was following this droid around. And then I was lost. Uh, then I wasn't lost. Uh, now I'm in this maze. I don't know where I'm going. And I was uh, making turns. And I said, man. And then a couple of times I said, okay, Simon, just stop. Uh you know, let's see, do, do I need to come up with a system? You know, you're just walking through the maze, you know, blundering a bit. And then I heard two people talking, Diane, and they were kind of talking in low voices, like almost whispering. And they were talking, like one of them was saying, just hold on to the branches. And then the other one was saying, the branches keep moving. They see the other one said, uh, you got to hold on to the branches so you could get through here. And, you know, they're just kind of a little bit B-I-C-K-E-R-I-N-G. Uh, but I, I said, okay, well, at least I could find out. Maybe, I, you know, I wasn't, I said, well, I'm, I'm needing to, some help too. It sounded like they were needing help. So I watched, walked around the corner, and one of them had, like, uh, clippers, uh, like uh, whatever the thing you use to cut, like, big branches are. Pruning, not a pruning shear, but a pruning a big one, a two-hander for pruning, but not a saw. You know what I mean, Diane. And then I watched them, and, and it looked like the hedge was actually moving because one of them was trying to grab the hedge. So the other one, I said, uh, uh, hey, and they, they, they like, uh, turned, and then they said, hey, buddy, get over here, get over here. It looked like they were almost trying to break out of the maze or something, Diane. And I said, hey, like, uh, and they said, you got to help us hold these branches. And I said, uh, what are you trying to do? And they said, get through the maze. What are you trying to do? And I said, I, I, I wandered in here. And they said, uh, you just wandered in here. And I said, yeah. And they said, this is the uh, endless maze of, uh, I can't remember. It had a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, verbose or not whatever you descriptive words, uh, of a mind, something mindless, endless, of eternity. And they said, uh, do you, you, you just wandered in here? And I said, uh, yeah. And they said, you didn't come here on some quest. Uh, and I said, I said, can you be, I said, indirectly, I guess I'm on a, I mean, I'm on a quest or I'm trying to figure something out. Yes. And they said, most people are coming in here looking for something. And I said, well, okay. I said, you both are looking for something? They looked at each other and laughed. Uh, but they also had this look in their eye, Diane. Uh, and they said, well, like, you, you, this maze is, uh, and they said, it's a pretty tough maze with all those words you said, endless. And and they said, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they said, but we figured it out. We found the, the we, these uh, these clippers. Or maybe they said one of them snuck. I can't remember, Diane, because that was like, uh, it was a lot to take in. You know, you can't take in everything. And they said, we figured it out. If we could cut, we'll just cut through. 
straight through the maze. Uh, and and they said, well, what if you don't go to the center? Then they said, well, we'll just keep making a grid search pattern, cutting through the hedges till we find the center of the maze. And they said, we got we got a piece of paper and a pencil, too. And I said, okay, okay. So they said, we just need you to hold the hedges because they keep trying to move out of the way. They don't want to be cut. And I said, well, I said, that makes sense, too. And I said, what's at the center of the maze? And then they kind of harumped Diane. They said, how are you here looking? And you don't even know what you're looking for. And I said, how do you expect me to help you when you're taking that tone with me? And they said, well, we'll split the prize with you at the center of the maze. We'll, we'll tell you what it is even if you'll help us. And I said, well, you tell me what it is. And then I said, if I, I said I'll think about helping you. And they said, we're all looking for the same thing. Uh, everybody here is looking for it, right? And I said, what do you mean? And they said, I could, the one guy with the, the clippers said, I could see it on your face. Uh, you, you're looking to return. Uh, to visit or, or you miss somebody or something. And the other guy said, you want to get back. Uh, so do we. And that's what's at the center of the maze. And I said, to earth. Uh, and they said, yeah, this is an impossible maze of, oh, impossible maze of a never-ending madness. I think that's what it was called. And they said, at the center of it's a portal to earth and uh, you could keep it or take it with you. It's a portable portal. I liked how that sounded, Diane. And I said, we could share it. Like, you could go through and go where you want to go. And, you know, and and they said, we'll figure out. And I said, I've seen TV shows where you can't share something like that, 33, 33, 33. And the one guy with the clippers, he, or not, the other guy with the pen and the pencil, he said, I'm going back. I don't need to hold the portal. Now, the other guy, Dan, this is total projection, but I had a feeling he was going back to, like, I mean, you, you, gold's not worth anything. But I said, are you going to go back and, like, take all the gold from all the historical places or something? And he said, no, 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 I want to go back and, you know, see my cat and pet it and and, uh, and then maybe go and do some other stuff uh, that I forgot to do when I was there, uh, like hang glide and stuff. And I said, oh, okay. And they said, let me think about this for a second, guys. Uh, and they said, come on, man. Like, we need your help to hold these hedges. They keep moving. And I said, well, I can't help you. I said, you two keep arguing or, you know, dis- being disagreeable so I can hear you. But I'm just going to step over here and think about this. You know, I have, you know, like, uh, and they said, please, just help us, man. Please, please, please. And I said, give me a moment. And then one of the guys said, give him a moment. He'll, he'll, he, of course, he wants to get back. He used a soft sell, which was kind of effective. Uh, he said, he wants to get back just like us. Uh, and then the other guy, I thought I saw him wink. He said, yeah, we'll even let you hold the portal. You could uh, be in possession of it and take possession of it. You know, uh, well, there was two of them and one of me, Diane. You know, I was, so then I stepped away and I said, GDK, let me help. Let me think on this one. Uh, and they said, who, what, where, when, why? That's another G and DK strategy. They said, who? Who the heck are these guys? I don't know. Uh, what do they want? Uh, it seems like they're breaking the rules and they want help. Break. Uh, there wasn't any clear rules. Uh, 
but it seems like the hedge doesn't want to be cut. Uh, so maybe they're breaking the rules, maybe not. Okay, where am I? In a maze in the big farm in the sky. Okay, why? Well, why? Like, uh, why? Why do they want my help? So they can get to the center maze and get to portal. Or maybe they would blame me, Diane. I, I, started, I said, well, maybe they would do that. And they'd say, well, he was the one who cut it. Uh, uh, or maybe they would just now let me share the portal. Maybe they're being honest. Uh, why? They want to get to the center of maze really bad. And then I said, okay, who? And I said, who am I? And I said, I'm a big farm in the sky PI, right? Uh, and I said, what? Because, you know, part of me was like, you're not, you're never going to find, you'll never get out of this maze, as Fish says. Uh, but I said, no. And then I just started walking, Diane. And then I started trying to say, Simon, let's go to, and I said, let's, like, uh, we'll find our way, however long it takes. I said, actually, we have a lot of time. I mean, I tried not to think about the fact that, you know, that maybe time was going to go by too fast. And, you know, I kept trying to, I kept trying to just talk to myself, Diane. I said, you're the big farm in the sky, P.I. Then I was saying, let's crack this case. I kept hearing it in Antonio Banderas' voice so when I was saying it. And then I started to kind of try to keep track of when I was turning right and left and trying to notice more about the maze. And uh, then suddenly, Diane, I said, okay, yeah, pay attention, Simon. Stay in the moment. What are you seeing? And also, at some point, I heard them, you know, those two sounded like they were irritated with me. But eventually, I couldn't hear them anymore. And then, you know what I said? I started to see Diane. It's like, uh, as I was coming down to a T where you could go left or right, uh, this was the first thing I saw. And maybe it was my imagination. I don't know, Diane. Because uh, it was a hedge and not a topiary. But I saw what looked like through the shadows and the moonlight and the shape of the hedge, uh, what looked a little bit like a cow to the right side of the hedge I was facing at the T intersection. So I went right. I said, uh, I'm the big farm in the sky, P.I. I remember a case with a cow and a case of the missing moose, I think. And then again, I saw just to the right uh, in the next intersection what looked like a dog in, in the moonlight coming through and the dog jumping towards the moon. And then the next one, now this is what you say, Simon, this is not possible. But, you know, this was just what I saw on the left because I, I could see a black turtleneck. Steve Jobs painting a painting, Diane. And I headed to the, the left. Uh, then again on the right on the next one, I saw a shining crown. And I kept saying, I'm Big Farm in the Sky P.I. And there's a crown shining. And I went to the right, uh, and then the next one, it was like these birds uh, eating ambrosia. It was out of a bowl. like, uh, And I went to the left. Uh, and then it was a music box uh, on the left, I think. And it went left. Uh, and then it was this, uh, like, uh, this notebook uh, saying bad words. Uh, I, think, I, I can't remember if that's I, I turned whichever way that was. Then the goddess Cali. Yeah, then it was like a dog peeing in the snow. That was definitely on the right. Uh, that one. 
I think that was the last one day, and they turned, and there was the center of the maze, or, well, a big clearing, and the moon's shining down on this platform. And in the center of the platform's a shimmering portal, Diane, shimmering and shining, waiting for me, reflective and translucent somehow. And then I step towards it, I go up these steps, and the portal is like a big mirror. And I could see through it, and what I see is G and DK's room, not in Florida, but in you know where, where they at their house. You know they weren't in it. They were probably, hopefully, ideally, they weren't in college already or beyond. They were uh, just flying flying from Florida home, and because uh, they also I know they wanted to go to a couple of theme parks and ride some roller coasters. But I could also see, like I said, it was a translucent and reflective. So I could see my reflection, but behind me wasn't the maze, Diane. I mean, I could see myself, but behind me was my room at my house in the big farm. That was converted into a museum, but it was actually in my living room where I'd normally check in with G and DK. And... Suddenly it all made sense, Diane. I mean, I think it makes sense to you, but just in case uh, I'm wrong, I'm, I was like, wait a second, I'm the big farm in the sky, P.I., and I get help from G and D.K. My job isn't, I'm supposed to be here, right? I'm not supposed to be in Florida. I mean, I'm supposed to be there for G and D.K. when they need my help. Uh, but, you know, they they're... Uh, you know, some of this is hard to accept as an adult, uh, but they don't need me as much as I, uh, you know, I need their help sometimes. They need my help sometimes. Yeah, but maybe it's this isn't a portal. It's like a FaceTime Plus or something, Diane. I, I, this, is, this is like my, it just like I guess I said, wait a second, Simon, that's how it all started. You go to their room and get some help, uh, they see what you need help with, and they kind of help you give it to them. And uh, I wondered what this portal's name was, Diane. You know, hardy, har, har. You know, you, you know, we don't need to kid each other, huh? But you know, you knew all that, Diane, clearly. And you know what it all meant. Like, I'm supposed to be at the big farm cracking cases, and G and DK are supposed to be in their world being kids, uh, but we're still supposed to be connected. Just not, I mean, it's a new stage of existence. Uh, but I thought about those people at the Lost Hills. I thought about, uh, I said, you know, it's not presumptuous for me to say I'm supposed to be here. People need, if if the, the whole reason I was cracking cases was because people need cases cracked. You know, if they're looking for help, I should be giving them help. And karmic credits be darned. Uh, that's my job here. It's Big Farm in the Sky P.I. And G and DK, you know, they're on their own journey, but I can be there for them and they can be there for me. And maybe I never had, maybe, I, I don't know, Diane, if I ever had total freedom to just go to Earth. I mean, I did for a little while. And maybe it's a fluid thing. I don't know, because, you know, I'm just talking right now. Uh, but I reached up and I, you know, I grabbed the portal and, it be, you know, it became kind of a small thing. I could slip it in my pocket. I could pull it out. uh Maybe. No, I'm still on my way back to my room now or my, my place. And then I got to say, this isn't a museum anymore. I'm living here. Uh, but there was one other thing, Diane, right before I reached out for the portal. 
my foot touched something, and it was a comic book. And I looked down, and on the cover of the comic book, it said, The Phantom Minnow, or The Adventures of the Phantom Minnow. And it had, like, it was just, now, it was beautifully drawn. It was obviously drawn by twins. uh, And then it said, uh, Stories by GDK and Uncle Simon. And I could tell they drew it for me, and I don't know how it got there. And I, I picked it up, and I felt it in my hand, and I, you know, I cried, Diane. Tears streamed down my cheeks. Uh, like maybe they had drawn it and kept it in Florida, and maybe, I don't know, the portal brought it to me or just showed it to me. or may, I don't know. Maybe they self-published it to me. I, but, uh, but then I opened it, and all the pages were empty, you know, Diane, waiting to be filled clearly. And then I said to myself, okay, Simon, this could still be your hobby. These pages are waiting to be filled. You're the big farm in the sky, P.I. You're not the Phantom Minnow. But I guess, you know, I said, oh, you don't give up on this dream either. Is that what you're saying, Diane, the GDK? And I said, Simon, that's what you're saying to yourself, huh? And eventually, uh, hold on, Diane, because I'm, I'm uh, okay, I'm almost home. Hold on one second, Diane. I'm sorry, I went on such a tangent there. That I got to the, I still got to get everybody. I'll be right back. Okay, Diane, it's me. So I, so I did uh, get my place back, and it's no longer a museum. It's a historical site, so I can't make any changes. Uh, but here I am, and the portal works. Uh, I mean, you know that. Come on, Diane. But well, you know, you like to know what's going on. Uh, you like to. You're a great listener, Diane. It just like G and DK, and I've been in touch with them. They're back at home, back at school. Things are smoothed out with their grades, and their project uh, has gotten accolades. It's getting submitted for a national award. And I told them, we taught, we filled each other. They went on like uh, 17 roller coasters in a row, Diane. Wow, those two. They said they're proud of me, Diane, and I'm proud of them. And uh, so I'm back being a big farm in the Sky P.I. with the G and D.K. and your help. And they're back being kids. And when they need Uncle Simon, I'll be here to help them, Diane. So I'm the big farm in the Sky P.I. I mean, I'm going to take a little time off uh, now. But, I'll, you know, Diane, we'll talk soon. <laughs>